Today on Gamerhead Radio... Kept you waiting, huh? Gamerhead Radio starts now. Ladies and gentlemen of Gamerhead Radio, I'm of course Viking Jesus Mike Nemitz, back from the dead, or whatever. We said vacation. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, uh, after a show away, I, I, I've triumphantly returned, uh, and I use the term triumphantly loosely, but you know, take it as you will. Um, and of course, in one corner over there, uh, somewhere over there, uh, the man known as Goat. That's me. And, of course, in the other corner over there, um, the first man you actually heard on the show today um, is none other than the techno-unicorn Charlie Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie! Hi. <laughs> we, we all may or may not be um, a little exhausted and or hungover. And in a triangular room, by the way you explained it. <laughs> <laughs> I never said there were only three corners here. I just said you're well, you in one corner. You did say the other. That... <laughs> implies yeah, some okay whatever <laughs> yeah. semantics etc <laughs> no no it's called geometry it's the only math course i ever did well in um are you sure about that <laughs> <laughs> not so much anymore um we, we we were all late last night um having a party for uh goat and uh charlie's wife michelle um because both of them are uh traveling for long periods of time um in the very near future um, which uh, which you guys saw on the Gamerhead page a couple uh, days ago, but we'll get more into that um, a little bit later on. Um, I have to get back into the swing of things, don't I? So uh, yeah, you're rusty. <laughs> so GTA Five came out last week, um, which is why we didn't see Mike. Which is why I wasn't here. Um, officially, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and. As a result, we're not going to have really any releases at all until, like, Zelda HD in two weeks. Um, we do ha- we-, we do have um, Scribblenauts Unmasked coming out, which you can interpret for yourselves if that's a big game or not. I know, I know Goat, you're probably I'm all right with it. it's half gonna be... looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be fun with the DC thing in it. Yeah. Um... Also, Tokyo Game Show is going on as we speak, um, and here I thought we were, happens every time there's a conference that is an E3. I think, oh great, we're going to get a ton of news out of it, and it's like, no, 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 we're no, we're not. Um, All I've seen out of Tokyo is a bunch of line pictures. Lined pictures, like people in lines. Oh, like, yeah, this is a line for this booth. Well, because Tokyo Game Show, the, the way they work it is, they have a couple professional days, like E3, where only press are allowed. And then the rest of the days are fan days, and the fan days are first come, first serve. They don't have, as far as I know, they don't have pre-registration or anything like that. You know, with the success of PAX, I don't understand why E3 hasn't gone the direction of allowing public and on special days. We've gone over this, haven't we? We we, we pretty much admitted that it's like, okay, maybe E3 should have, you know... They need to go public, at least least half of it. It would make sense, you know, because the rest of those days are... Instead of being like hanging the carrot in front of all of us and be like, Word E3, it's like, well, yeah, but we could too. Well, hopefully the trend that uh, Nintendo started, well, they'll actually have like demos show up at retailers and stuff yeah. like that will continue. Um, I'd be really, I'd be a fan of that, but you know, 
I'm I've I'm the only person in this room that's actually been to E3, so not not to not to rub it in. Um, Case in point, it needs to go public. <laughs> uh, so go. What have you been playing this week? Uh, have you been playing yeah, anything no, no, this no, week? No, I've actually with my crazy craziness that I call a schedule this week. Uh, actually got some game time, and I've been working on um, Pokemon. Because I have, I have a goal. I have to get it done. Deadline's coming upon me very fast. Yeah, about two and a half weeks till the yeah. X and Y come out. We've got one badge, Victor Road. We can do this. <laughs> if you need to borrow a team, I've I've got a bunch of level one hundred legendaries that can level the elite four. There might be something. Uh, <laughs> then um, I started new Super Mario Brothers, the first one. Because I never finished it. On the on the DS? Yeah. And I was like, why the hell not? Yeah. Um, I got to a stopping point at Theorhythm, finally. I've done expert on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And I really just kind of threw in the towel on Ultimate. And yeah. I don't blame you. I think I did, too. Yeah. And then that's about it. It's about all I've been working on. Cool. Charlie, what have you played this week? Uh, well, obviously, Rayman Legends, as much as I've uh, had the time to be able to. That, um, that doesn't surprise me. Nope. <laughs> Surprises on his schedule. Um, yeah, we're um, you know, making our way through. Uh, we're going through and getting all the collectibles and everything. Pre- pretty much just more of the same of last week. Just uh, progress, progress. Um, and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, oh, I, I, and I went back to and I'm, I'm continuously chipping away at The Walking Dead. I'm finally um, halfway through uh, the fifth episode, so I'm almost done, finally. E- even though Raptor keeps updating that you're still on the first one. Well, yeah, I know. And that bugs me, but I think it's just because, like, I launch... I think I think it's just because I launched the... I think it just might be the way it works, because, you know, the, the episodes two through five are add-ons to episode one. Oh, you okay. Know, so. okay. So Raptor doesn't understand episodic. No, that makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I, pl- I played it on PC, so it wasn't it wasn't structured quite like that. But. Oh, right, right. And then, um, so uh, quick question: You guys have, I know, I believe both of you have played the what was it, four hundred days? Yeah, is that, I've not. Oh, you have not. I, I have not. Is it worth playing? Uh, for the price, yeah. Okay, all right, cool. Noted. So yeah, I, I definitely, um, I definitely see what all the fuss is about. It is quite good. So you, you enjoy fantastic. it? You're, you're apologetic for just dragging your feet. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> It, yeah, it's I, you know, I I haven't read the comic books, but I do I have watched the show. I'm all caught up on the show and everything. And um, it's uh, yeah, the um, I uh, I randomly like found a, an old Game Informer um, issue from like a year ago where they were talking about the creation of the Clementine character and just about how mm-hmm. you know it's um, you know just just the progress of like you know just like creating one of the most memorable characters of the year is just like this little girl and it's all you like you'll do, like this is a quote from their article i think about how you'll just do anything to hear her say one more line and mm-hmm. it's just so absolutely true like oh yeah yeah it's, it's no that, that was one thing that the walking dead did fantastically was it got you connected to the characters and it mm-hmm. made you actually give a shit about you know what they're doing and how right. they're you know this journey and stuff like that and that's that's yeah. one thing that you know, Telltale has learned to do very well in, in um, some of their more recent games, especially with The Walking Dead. So yeah, the um, yeah the ending. No spoilers, but the ending of Episode Four really like really upset me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I remember when I finished Episode Four, I, I was just like, "Oh man, there's one more. I don't think if I, I don't think yeah. I can do it." <laughs> and, and the fun thing about Walking Dead that I loved is the fact that it like actually makes you feel 
guilty about some of your choices. Yes. Oh yeah, because because like, it, it's not because it's not you know like black and white like a lot yeah. of choices are in video games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's does this guy die or this guy die? Yeah. You know, it, it's not it, like you know. It's not like Mass Effect, where one choice is inherently good and the other one is yeah. inherently bad. You and color-coded for convenience. You know <laughs> yes. which one's good and which one's oh, yes. so it's like, <laughs> So it's like Fable. Uh, if I do blue, that's good. If I do red, yeah. that's bad. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, I found myself like a couple days later, it's kind of like, man, was that the right decision? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Now, I haven't looked at any of the other Telltale games, like uh, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park. Are any of those any good, do you guys know? Uh, I... I personally think the Sam and Max games are worth looking into. I mean, they're okay. a whole different kind of game. They're more humor than uh, tragedy. Same like like old school like adventure choice. Exactly, game. it's okay. a point. They're point and click adventure games. I mean, uh, uh, there's three seasons of them. You can get them on most platforms now. Okay. Um, I know they're all available on uh, on the Wii and Xbox, and I believe PS3. Okay. But they're but they're all really good. They're 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 really funny. I actually kind of want to replay them again. Um I heard Jurassic Park sucked. Okay. Uh Back to the Future, I heard if you're a fan of Back to the Future, it's a good, you know, series. Yeah. Um, I have that one. I enjoyed it. It's very whimsical. Gotcha. It it wins on the nostalgia. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and then and then the funny, like it's just kind of like it's goofy funny. And they actually had Mike, Michael J No, it was not Michael J Fox. No. I remember he I remember that a, guy. He did a cameo voice. Um, oh, that's in, right. in one of the episodes, he did like a future version of him or something. Um, the, the guy who played Doc, Christopher Lloyd, yeah, him. He did his yeah. own voice. Oh, he was himself. Yeah, he cool. was himself. And nice. there was actually behind the scenes video, and he was like all in his element, and like he was acting out the character in the voice that's acting awesome. booth. It was so cool. He seemed like such a cool guy to work with. So nice. So no, that, that was really cool. I need to look into that one too. Um, Telltale's next game, uh, Fables: A Wolf Among Us, or something like that, looks really good too. Uh, oh. It's along the same lines as Walking Dead. It, I think it's also based on a comic book. Oh, okay, um, but it's all like cell shaded and supposed to be like kind of gritty, kind of more emotional and stuff like that. So I'm definitely yeah, that is a that comic one. book. It is yeah, I'll the Fables it. series. Okay, yeah. it's like a like a fantasy thing, or I'm not real sure what it is. That's what I think when I hear Fables. And yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is, like comic wise. I just know it's a comic. Okay, well, that would be a matches question. <laughs> and of course, I've been playing nothing but GTA Five all week, um, as we kind of led on last week. Yeah, yeah, boom, quite, yeah quite the day the other day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Both live action and in the game. <laughs> so he, he really just didn't stop people. He'd leave, he'd leave his house and he's just driving on, coming traffic. He, he's got like five cars in his garage I can't explain. <laughs> uh, I can't either, which is weird. <laughs> um, but GTA V has been fantastic. I mean, you know, Rockstar is really, you know, they already made stellar games, but they really stepped up the quality even more as far as storytelling and cinematics and stuff like that. Um, Grand Theft Auto V is definitely... Um, continuing that trend from like Red Dead Redemption and L.A. Noir, and I definitely recommend it to anyone who has ever been interested in open world games whatsoever. Um, the heists are a ton of fun to plan and execute and stuff like that. Um, you know, you'll you'll go into um, you'll go into these heists where you just like you know rob a bank in the middle of nowhere, and they'll you'll have these choices of do you want to go in silently, you know, and try to slip in and out without anyone noticing, or do you just want to go in guns blazing and just level the entire town? Um, a B, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the way you the way you plan it out, I mean, if you take one choice or another, you'll need to hire a specific crew. And if you, with the crew, um, if you want them to be more skilled, then they take a bigger cut. And you know, if, if anyone gets you know killed in the middle of the the uh, 
in the heist or something like that, then their cut goes away entirely. Um, it's really weird, but it's really cool how it's structured. I wish there was an entire game about it. I mean, you know, Grand Theft Auto V has the heist at the forefront of everything, but... You know, it's not. It's obviously not the entire game that yeah. would get kind of repetitive. But just that, just the planning. It, 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 as horrible as this sounds, it makes you feel like you could actually rob a bank in real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> disclaimer for Fox News: um, I'm not going to be robbing a bank in real life. Yeah, Gamerhead Radio does not endorse. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the bank robbery. Yeah. Jesus. All right, all right. Let's be honest. Mike couldn't rob a bank anyways. He had a beard to his chest and hair past his arms. I'm one of the most distinct um, people you'll yeah, probably ever meet. There, yeah, him over there. How did they catch me? <laughs> Breaking um, news, ZZ Top has been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Grand Theft Auto V is fantastic. I can't wait until GTA Online launches, but um, I, I finished it. I think I put a... <laughs> I finished it in four days because I literally had nothing to do but play the game. Uh, I think I ended up putting 37 hours into it and doing all of the main quests and a good majority of the side quests. So it's not a bad number for that. There's and there's still a fair amount of meat to it. Like there's just a bunch of little distractions that I really didn't do anything with, just because I was so gripped with the story that I'll probably go back to now. Um, so there, there's definitely a big end game as well, which you know. Now with GTA Four, I found myself enjoying some of the side quests more than the actual main story. Mm-hmm. But you're saying for you at least with GTA Five, it was the other way around. I'd say it was about even. Okay. I mean, you know, it was really cool to see the whole overarching story because the way it works, I mean, there are three protagonists, of course, and each of them have their own stories mm-hmm. and kind of how they cross ways and stuff like that. It's really cool to see the overarching story of how they all meet and what they all plan. It's cool to see each of their individual stories go on, you know, aside from this. And then it's even cooler to see, like, you know, there is even a couple stories between, like, you know, two of them. Between, like, Michael and Trevor or, like, you know, Trevor and Franklin and stuff like that. So there's just so much stuff going on here that it's a a tiny bit overwhelming just to remember where everything is and how this happened and stuff like that. And I, I really applaud the folks at Rockstar for being able to plan the missions out so that nothing um, nothing cancels itself out if you do them in the incorrect order. Um, but it, it's, you know, there, there's, the main missions are definitely what's, you know, the main part here, but the, the side missions have a little bit of meat to them too. They're just not quite as deep, you know. Gotcha. Now, so I, I know that you can, switch between the three characters mm-hmm. at any time, right? Yeah. So, are there points in time where you have to, like, how do I say this? So, like, can you, like, go and play one character story, like, all the way through, or is there kind of a linear path for the main there'll story? There'll be a point where, um, there'll be a point where you need to finish certain guidelines in order to unlock, like, the next mission that involves all three of them. Okay. Um, and usually you'll need to finish, like, one character's storyline a little bit more. Um, until you can unlock, like, you know, heist preparation or something like that. So it's kind of, like, broken up into chunks. You can kind of make your way through each chunk how you want to in whatever right. order, but you do kind of have to do everything to finish that chunk to unlock the stuff for the next right, chunk. Right, exactly. Got but, it. you know, there there isn't... Um, the, way I, the way I usually played it, um, I would play as, like, you know, I would play as, like, Trevor, for example, which is the the meth head weird guy that lives in the desert that I think goat will really enjoy. Um, what are you saying? I'm saying you have a, a dark sense of humor and he's a very dark person. Okay. <laughs> you do meth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
I'd be playing as Trevor, and I'd do all his all the missions available to him. And then when you go to Switch, you just hit down on the D-pad, and then it'll show all three characters in the bottom corner. And it'll have a little number by their name by how many missions they have available to them. And so then I'll go to you know whoever has the most of them, and then I'll run those missions out. And then I'll go to the one with the last one, and then eventually you know I'll get a oh, phone call cool. saying, "Hey, you know we're ready to pull off this heist," you know stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even for even for like heist preparation, like one of the heists, you have to get three. Um, three cars that are the equivalent of a Dodge Challenger, um, and, and you have to you have to modify them so that they can each carry um, four tons of gear each. So you have to get like ridiculous suspension, and you know they they recommend you put on bulletproof tires and like tinted windows and stuff like that. Even though the only thing that's really required is the new suspension, um, I actually did it. Planned it so that I picked up one car as each of the three of them, as opposed to just walking around with one guy, because it made a lot more sense, just mm-hmm. like in the structure of things and being immersed in the game and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, but no, fantastic game, definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, it's worth noting that uh, uh, at least for the 360 version on Metacritic, it's currently sitting at a 98 out of 100 based on 40 reviews. That's is the insane. highest rated game on Metacritic. To only be tied with Grand Theft Auto 4. Which is interesting, considering all the complaints that came out about Grand Theft Auto 4 like a month after the game came out. Um, and I don't doubt something will happen like that, or, or along those lines with GTA 5. I mean, people have already been complaining about the driving and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's better than it was in GTA 4, where the entire time it feels like you're driving on ice, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh well. So anyway, that's what we've been up to this week. Let's uh, let's see what the gaming industry has been up to this week. Coming in at number five, um, as we mentioned, Tokyo Game Show is going on right now um, in Tokyo. Imagine that, Japan. Yes, thank you. Go in case those of you didn't know where Tokyo was. Um, <laughs> Well, we just don't want Tokyo, Utah to be just slammed this weekend. <laughs> of all the places that a different Tokyo could be, Utah? It made the most sense. It's the most ironic, I suppose. Um, so, uh, the, a new demo was shown off for Metal Gear Solid Five, and a lot of it, a lot of people actually didn't like because they couldn't see anything, and it was off-screen, and it hasn't been uploaded and whatever. But the interesting thing is that it ended with a torture scene, which isn't necessarily too far-fetched for the Metal Gear Solid franchise. I mean, the, uh, pretty much every Metal Gear game has had a torture scene of some kind. Um, but th- th- this this scene draw a little bit of a sensitivity, because um, another game we were just talking about with a 5 in it, uh, Grand Theft Auto V also has a torture scene in it, but it's interactive and you get to pick your tools for you know causing pain and stuff like that, and it's really graphic, and I actually felt a little uncomfort- pl- uncomfortable playing it. Um... So a lot of people were a little on edge when they saw a torture scene in Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, however, Hideo Kojima came forward and said that it will not be playable, it won't be interactive, um, because he believes that the torture scenes should not be a playable thing um, in video games. Depending. I mean, Depending on... Well, I mean, it's a fine line. It's a real thin, fine, really fine line. Because, I mean... Like the one in Heavy Rain, mm. that was all right. Was it a torture scene well, in Heavy really, Rain. Yeah, well, it's sort of. 
the, the oh, yeah. you know the, the the pick your tools yeah thing. Yeah, yeah and that was all right but I think that's about as far as it needs to go once you go past that and it starts really getting like like real you don't need to well, play see, it Grand Theft Auto the the torture scene in Grand Theft Auto I haven't seen the I haven't seen the demo for Metal Gear Solid Five yet because I've been you know busy um. But the torture scene in Grand Theft Auto Five, I mean, you, you literally, you, you've just got a desk with jumper cables, a pair of pliers, gasoline, and like a plumber's wrench, you know. And, and you know, you'll you'll pick one, and then you know, like you waterboard the guy with gasoline, and you you know hold oh down, yeah, you hold down the left analog stick to keep the gas down and keep going, and you can only let it up when you let go of the stick and stuff like that or like you know the pliers you know you use the pliers to pull a tooth out of his face and you know he's screaming in agony and his face is all bloodied by this point and you have to physically like move the stick back and forth like you're trying to actually take the tooth out it's kind of it's that's overboard yeah to me that's way that's overboard but see at the same time it fit the character like you you do that scene as i'm not spoiling anything because this was in a lot of the trailers at this point Mm. um you play that scene as Trevor, who is batshit insane, and it it doesn't seem like the worst thing he's done, you know, yeah, in but his I, I life. I think there's that line that you personally don't need to play that. You yeah. can watch it, yeah. but you don't need to be that involved with that kind of scene. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. If it's, yeah, if it's in the context of the story and if it's appropriate for the character, I don't have that much of a problem with it, but... That sounds awfully immersive for the player, and I understand why you say that you would have felt uncomfortable during that. Well, see, another thing to think about, I mean, uh, Goat, you mentioned context. Um, the the context of Metal Gear Solid Five, I can only imagine, like all the other ones, is when uh, someone is taken prisoner and yeah, they're trying to get information out of them. The torture scene in Grand Theft Auto Five, you're doing like an off-the-books interrogation for the government. Oh. So that's a little bit more... Yeah. Sensitive, yeah, you know, it but can, it's also rock star, and they like to push the envelope. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, I mean there, there's there's this whole story arc in GTA Five about a corrupt government agency yeah. and stuff like that. But that's that's nothing. As for the, so, as the player, did mm-hmm. you have the choice of not doing it, or did you, did uh, you have did to go through this? You, you had to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm assuming at least because I I left the I left the controller there to like answer the phone or something like that and I came back and he was still staring at the desk trying to figure out what tool to use and stuff like that but there was no blatant options like you can't torture this guy and it's part of the main story too so it's not like you know a side story that you can totally skip yeah but I mean um, like for example could you not do the gasoline waterboarding and just do some of like the no lesser... it would it wouldn't continue the scene until you had actually used every option oh wow okay um so if it was only like one like if you only wanted to hit him in the knee with a wrench or something like that yeah that's what I was, that's what I was getting you know, at yeah um you know and it, it was kind of you know it, it was it, it was even further uncomfortable because the guy, the guy, the guy in the tor- the guy that's being tortured, you know, in GTA Five, he's this whole time he's just like, I'm willing to talk, I'm willing to talk, and everyone around him was just like, Oh yeah, you're willing to talk, but we're gonna make you more willing to talk. And I'm like, Okay, this is hmm. like he, he was legitimately like giving up information, then they were just beating him up for the fun of it. At, at that point, it seems, and it, yeah. it seems like you know, I I kind of understand where Hideo Kojima is coming from, saying that that kind of stuff shouldn't be playable and stuff like that. Um, especially since that's always what you know catches attention from like Fox News and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Um, 
And I, that's and sort I, of like, hey, you know, <laughs> that's sort of like waving your arms in the air and like yeah. asking for attention. I mean, <laughs> well, like, this is Rockstar we're talking about. Yes, and half, it, half their publicity is people talking about their game as controversial. I think they very much approach situations like this with any press is good press. So, yeah, <laughs> it works. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it works. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I. You know, as much as I've been an advocate of freedom of expression in video games and stuff like that, I do think there's a point where it might be a little much, like you guys said, um, especially in regards to torture scenes and stuff like that. But I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems odd that Hideo Kojima, of all people, is criticizing a game like Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. Like I said, it seems it seems legit. Like there's a line where you can watch anything you want, yeah, and see it, but to actually. You know, as close as possible to doing it for real, mm. That that's where it gets a little shaky and yeah. over the top and, like, we're already having problems with people shooting people and stuff like that because of video games, supposedly, in quotations and all that. And, like, we there's, like, a... I want to say there's, like, almost, like, a, a code or responsibility to the developer to be like, all right, okay, yeah. that... Right, up to that line, and stop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys recall this, but... Um, but the level of interactivity was actually one of the reasons that Manhunt 2 on the Wii was heavily censored. Because, you know, of course, we are, we're all familiar with the Wii. You can do the motion controls with mm. the Wii Mote and Nunchuck and stuff mm. like that. And Manhunt, for those of you who have not played it, is all about finding really, really violent ways to kill people and sneaking up on them and stuff like that. Including the um, ever-so-popular Death by Plastic Bag. Um, Great game. Great and game. The, <laughs> Goat's a fan. Not surprising. Um, but, you know, the original Manhunt originally caught, you know, caught flack because, you know, it basically showed you how to take everyday objects and just kill people with it. Manhunt 2 stepped that a little bit further by making you make the physical motions. The only thing you needed to enact it entirely was another person and whatever item in, in question, yeah. which, you know... And all, so, we, all we need now is the Oculus Rift, and you're uh, really good. Uh, <laughs> that, that's uh, so that'll happen. You know, yeah. you know, somebody will, do will that. yeah, and, and then it'll get taken down immediately, and everyone will be like, "Gamers are violent." And it's like, mm. yeah. <laughs> well, that, and it also spins into the fact that people don't care. I mean, especially in America, the reason it's such a huge ordeal is because someone has to take responsibility for it, and unfortunately, it's been pushed on the developers because, as we all know. I'm guessing there's probably a very large number of miners who have already gotten their copy of Grand Theft Auto Five with an M rating. Doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. So yeah. somebody has to take that that you know that responsibility and be like, all right, we know ten year olds are gonna play our game, even though there's a giant M on it. We know it. We gotta kind of like play by that rule. Yeah. Even though we shouldn't have to, because that's the entire reason it was invented to have it be an M game. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh well. We'll uh, we'll let this lie for now, I suppose. <laughs> Till next week when he's all like, "Never mind, it's fully interactive." <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number four. Speaking of GTA Five, um, on a much lighter note, I might add, uh, GTA Five is breaking all sorts of sales records on day one at retail. Um, GTA Five sold eight hundred million dollars, made eight million dollars rather, not sold eight hundred. That'd be weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the first day alone. Are you okay over there? <clears throat> no, I just... <clears throat> excuse me, I just got that. I, as soon as you said that, I was like, all of a sudden, I'm like, then the following week, Rockstar closes because they sold $800 million. 
Honestly, the kicker is that they sold eight hundred million dollars for two dollars per dollar, so they doubled their oh, money. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Go Montreal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Grand Theft Auto Five broke the all-time entertainment sales record by achieving a billion dollars in sales in just three days. Um, previously which, held by one of the Call of Duty games, right? Previously held by Call of Duty Black Ops 2, and before that, uh, Modern Warfare 3, and, you know, like every Call of Duty game before it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you guys realize how big of a, how big of a deal this is. I, I mean, this is, this is a billion dollars for a video game. Faster than Avatar. Faster than Avengers. Yep. Faster than, you know... The speed of light. Transformers, pirates. Fa- what? Faster than the speed of light. Sure. That, that, my God, their bank account must be white hot right now. Um, They're talking to their accountant every day. Uh, you've had another large deposit. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, their accountant can't talk. He's just staring at the monitor with his jaw. <laughs> they just keep growing more zeros. I can't, I can't even, I, I can't even, how is this happening? What it, I just hit this button. Oh my god, there's 300 million more in the bank. <laughs> refresh. Oh my god. Refresh. Oh my god. Refresh. Oh my god. It just keeps going. Um, now, I would, I would I mean, love that job for an hour, just <laughs> watching the sales numbers go up. Um, now, I, I've, I've, I've seen other articles basically saying there was also one of like, the most expensive video game to make, but I never caught the number of how much they uh, figured it cost it, to make. It costs... I know I'm close on this. I don't know if it's the exact number. I believe it was $263 million to make, which is the most expensive video game ever made and almost more expensive than every movie ever made. The only movie that beats it out was Pirates of the Caribbean 3, which cost $300 million to make, and almost all of that was probably Johnny Depp's pay. Yeah. <laughs> Does that, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm curious. Do you, do you know if that includes like marketing and like, like That's everything? everything? That's everything. That's so everything. they have... Quadrupled there, yes. Wow, nice. Well, well. Remember, I don't know if I mentioned it a couple weeks ago or not, or uh, I know I didn't mention it last week because I wasn't here. Um, but they made their money back on pre-orders alone. Wow. So before the games even sold, they were at zero before it even dropped. No, no they they made a profit on pre-orders <laughs> alone. I mean, they they broke even, and then they made a couple million more just on pre-orders alone. So. But when you think about it, Grand Theft Auto V is not exactly the kind of game that you have to pre-order because you know there's going to be a ton of copies, and there wasn't like a real pre-order bonus. You know, there there was the pre-order Flying bonus. A blimp. That's apparently packed in every copy. Seriously? Yeah. So it's not even a bonus. It's not even a bonus. <laughs> they got <laughs> you. <laughs> so, because because I, I I strolled into my Best Buy you know Tuesday when it came out. Um, before they open, I might add. In a blimp. Oh, to, in a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> What's that noise? It's my pre-order bonus that I bought myself. Um, and they didn't have the pre-order copies set aside because no one really cares about video games at that store other than me. Um, hey, real quick, can, can one of our listeners please draw a picture of Viking, Z- Viking Jesus flying a Zeppelin and send that into us? <laughs> I just really want that. Just really inside a Best Buy. Viking Jesus flying a Zeppelin inside a Best Buy. Somebody, go. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Had to throw that in there. Um, so I just grabbed a random copy of the game. They weren't marked or anything like that. Bought it, brought it home. I figured uh, even if it's not, you know, I didn't buy it for the blimp. I bought it for the fucking game. You know, I, I brought it home and the slip is still in. It's just like, get your atomic blimp. Okay, cool. <laughs> the blimp handles like shit, by the way. It's but- a blimp. <laughs> 
I was expecting it to, you know... Be a giant balloon with a <laughs> fan behind it? Yes, it corners like it's on rails. <laughs> Does it do anything? Like, is there any reason to do yeah. it? Well, you see, what's funny is that in order to even fly it, you need to call a service on your cell phone in the game. Um, blimps and then, and then you'll... I don't... No, they're called atomic blimps. Oh, nice. And you need to call them in-game, and you need to say, Hey, do you have a blimp available? And they're like, Yeah, we've got one. We'll put it at the nearest drop-off point. And then you need to go to, like, a nearby dock or something, and it'll just be sitting there, no one unattended completely. And you're just like, Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you just get into it, and you just take off. And it, it is, like, the most fragile vehicle in the entire game, because I just, I, I like... You know, I'm going at the speed of <laughs> I'm going at the speed of smell here, <laughs> and, and I, I just casually like bump into a building because the wind was blowing or something, and then suddenly my entire blimp exploded and I was dead. So yeah, oh, good. Yeah. Um, but it's worth noting that if you decide to bail out of the blimp in midair, the blimp will stay floating there, and you'll just plummet to the earth for the rest of the game. <laughs> not, Does it ever not go for the rest of the game? Well, it's really fun to just like leave it like really high up, and then jump out, parachute down, land on the ground, take out a sniper rifle, shoot it, and it'll it's like fireworks. So it's at the Hindenburg. It's like yes, except atomic, atomic. So, so yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five selling a lot of copies. Etc. And pissing VJ off because it doesn't have a stunt blimp. <laughs> <laughs> I want stunt blimps to be a thing. <laughs> but seriously, I think as gamers, I think we can all agree that that having events like this, having a video game, makes so much more money than like any Hollywood property ever, at least in a single shot. Um, is you know it just is constantly the, the, the you know the way that this goal is is continuously being broken by something else by something else yeah it's you know the way the fact that it's, it's you know constantly reaffirming that video games are like a thing and not just for kids i just it makes me happy oh it makes me happy too i i'm just waiting for someone to capitalize on it. it's just like america loves violence i'm like oh here we go <laughs> Yeah. Well, the the, the I mean that these aren't just American sales. I could sell well, them. No, but yeah. you know, it's... I mean, people are stupid. So yeah, right. Yeah. Well, so. every time a GTA comes out, what we got like a week, and they're like, it's the greatest game ever. It's breaking records. Next week, it'll be like, oh god, it's the spawn of the devil. My kids killing people in the backyard because of this game. Yep. You so guys, you guys are familiar with uh, Jack Thompson, correct? <sighs> yes. Goat. Mm-mm. No. Famous anti-video game lawyer. Um, he crusaded against Rockstar Games for the Grand Theft Auto series. He also crusaded against rap music. Um, I'm assuming while uttering the words "Get off my lawn." Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. He, he was he was a big blowhard, and he had some. He would. He would have actually probably be taken seriously if it wasn't for the fact he was so obnoxious about it. Like, he, he did more bashing against video games without any real, like, evidence or anything like that. So he just became... He became, like, the Rush Limbaugh of the video game world. You know, a person that everyone loved to hate. I was thinking um, more like Westboro, but okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the kind of person that, you know... Has no information, but thinks they're right. Yeah. Whenever, whenever there was a person... That, you know, was being charged with, like, manslaughter or something because I ran over someone in a car and they said GTA did it. He was on it. He's like, I'll defend you. You know, because he he 
really, really wants the video game industry to go down. But thankfully, he was disbarred a number of years ago, so no one cares about him anymore. Nice. Um, but he still sends emails to, like, press outlets and stuff like that. Um, you know, telling them it's just like, this is garbage and stuff like that. And everyone's just like, oh, that's adorable. You have <laughs> you have about as much weight to this conversation now as the commenters on Kotaku. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds Wait. me, he sent an email to Jason Schreier of Kotaku when he ran a whole big Grand Theft Auto V feature. And he said something like, you know, this isn't accurate. You know, these games are hurting America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then Jason just responded with, dear Mr. Thompson, I hope you have a happy year of Luigi. <laughs> and it was... Perfect. And it, was, nice. it was just like, yes, all of that. So, so, um, I love people that, are, that care more about hearing themselves talk than the thing they're actually talking about. Well, you know, that's America for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not here to start an argument about America, by the way. I'm just, you know. No, it is what it is. Yeah. Coming in at number three, um, we've heard of rumors about an official Steam box of sorts being released for months now, but it seems like it might finally become a reality. Um, Gabe Newell speaking at LinuxCon, I think. Oh, LinuxCon hasn't happened yet. It's happening this week, um, which I wasn't aware there was a LinuxCon. Apparently there is. It's a con for everything. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Um, I want to go to Con. Con. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Viking Con. <laughs> I'm sure there's actually one of those. Oh, I'm sure there is, yeah. It's in Norway. Um, (laughs) No, it's probably like in, like, Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so Gabe Newell teased three uh, Steam-related announcements, specifically saying we're going to show off how we're going to be in your living rooms and on your televisions in 2014. That's not creepy. So but now, did any did he say anything that alludes to actual hardware, or is he just saying like this is how Steam is going to be on your TV? That's literally about all he said. So he could just be talking about like the next like a revision on the uh, the big picture mode or whatever it is for Steam. It could be. Um, you know the the rumored Steam box has been you know up in the air for months now, where it's literally just like a, a modular PC that you just you know attach to your TV and it permanently runs like a steam os or something like that you know thanks to it probably running on linux and stuff like that um you know i mean we already heard about it there was that uh there was the piston which is that weird little like cheese sized box pc that cost like two grand and they kept saying no this is the steam box then steam and then valve is like no this isn't the steam box that's something that we're running a steam os on it's not the same thing um, so it sounds like they, they've teased the announcement for Monday. So potentially, um, by the time this episode airs, um, depending on how quickly we get it out the door, um, we, uh, we might, uh, they might make a hardware announcement, but what makes me interested is that he said he has three announcements. So if we, um, if we imagine that the steam box is one, what are the other two going to be? Uh, that steam's going bankrupt because the steam box did it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Valve is ever going to go bankrupt. I mean, they're oh, yeah. they're the they're the lovable, you know. I don't I don't know. They're the darling of the PC. World. I don't know many yeah, people that world, have yeah. anything bad to say about Steam. No, they, I know? mean that that's the place. And they're to privately be. owned, so they're yeah. so Gabe's office is probably lined with money. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, logically, I'd have to say it's probably going to be Steambox or something to do with it. Maybe something like we're adding or retracting or revising Steam. The service yeah. of some sorts, and then maybe 
It could be, I mean, it could be yeah. a couple of policy changes, new features. Yeah. I mean, like the, the family sharing thing, they could be elaborating on something like that. You know, it could, it yeah. could, you know, it could be little things. But, it's probably, um, yeah, it's probably going to be little minor things like you can have profiles now or. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the, uh, so getting technically here for a second, the. Um, Thank you for saving this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The um, you know, the, the the Steam Box has always been one of those things that's intrigued me. Like the idea of having essentially something that's as simple and worry free as a console, and that you don't have to worry about driver updates and things like that. Right. You know, the normal thing we've talked about that. Um, you know, but but is able to have access to the entire Steam library is very interesting. Yes. However, Gabe Newell is very has been very public of his hatred of Windows, and yes. yeah, especially Windows Eight. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, um, yes. And so here's so uh, you know it's if if Valve ever put out a quote-unquote Steam box, it's almost certain it would run Linux. Here's the problem, and that's that a relatively small percentage of games that are on Steam run on Linux. They're all right. they're all Windows. A little bit less of those also run on Mac, and even less of those, I think, uh, run on Linux. So, oh, that's awesome. What, so what they would... The biggest thing that they could announce would be some way so that they could take something, a game that was compiled for Windows, so that the, so that the developer wouldn't have to go and recompile the game for Linux, um, be able to take a game that's compiled for Windows and get it to run on Linux. Now, there, there, there's, already, there's already ways to kind of do that. There's something called Wine, um, which literally stands for Wine that. is not an emulator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is which there's, is, there's some inception shit yeah. right there, <laughs> um, which um, is a way to run Windows programs on Linux. Now I'm not a Linux guy. I don't pretend to be a Linux guy, but um, you know most Linux Linux guys that I've talked to have said that it works relatively well um, for things like this. But like anything that's you know, frankly, like anything of this nature that's community developed and doesn't have, actually have like an office of paid people you know like like a, like the, the muscle of a company behind right. it yeah. um you know it has issues and so if you know for, like you know i i'm just saying like you know if valve were to come out and say we've um you know we, we've essentially come out with a with wine but that works perfectly so you know all these linux games or all really these windows cool. games now work on linux yeah like that that's sort of the linchpin i think that's keeping them from coming out with the steam box mm-hmm. because for it to have any traction right now with with a game library it would either need to run Windows or be able to or be able to run Windows games. Right. Yeah. So. So. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. I'm really I'm really excited to see what they have to announce because I've I've uh, renewed my um, equality in PC games versus console games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my host claws. I haven't clipped them in a while. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's fine. Noticed. <laughs> you, you okay over there? Go. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Um, but we'll find out tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this or three days ago, whatever, <laughs> uh, coming in number two, quite a big news coming out of Japan. That's not happening at Tokyo game show. Um, Sega most notable for, you know, a game sporting a little blue hedgehog and the ones that start with Sega. Yes. Thank you. Good. Uh, man, I should make that a ringtone. Um, <laughs> Sega. Re- no, no, you can't. It's retro. <laughs> Sega bought Atlas, uh, the company most well-known for the Persona series and Catherine. Um, oddly enough... And, and older titles, too. Well, yes, but <laughs> I don't know what those are. I know. Um, 
My point is, Atlas makes a lot of games that are typically for the Japanese niche market, and you know, Sega now owns yeah. them. Um, Sega bought them for a seemingly small uh, four billion yen, which is about a hundred and forty-one million dollars. Oh yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot at all. Um, well, keep it. Well, see, this is actually something that. Um, I think Arthur Geese from Polygon was mentioning on Twitter. He said, a lot of people are mentioning that, you know, Sega's had money problems, and they have. They've had a lot of financial problems over the past few years. Um, So how were they able to acquire Atlas? And he said, think about it this way. Atlas probably didn't cost as much money to buy as you thought it was. Because Atlas, I know for a fact, is a small team. Like, you know, a lot of those companies that do primarily Japanese niche games like uh, Nisa and Xseed and stuff like that, they're literally usually, like less than 50 people. So uh, this isn't this isn't entirely surprising that it's such a low sum. Um, what I was interested to see was that there was such a mixed reaction on Sega acquiring Atlas. Um, you know, you had a bunch of people that were really worried that Sega's not going to allow the local- localization of a lot of key Atlas games, which include, like, Persona and stuff like that. Um... And then there were some people that were excited because now Atlas is owned by, like, a legitimate, like, international company um, that, you know, has the backing behind them and the community and stuff like that. So it's it's really, it's been really interesting to kind of see, you know, the community split on this. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it'll be a good thing because, like I said, the number one uh, worry is that Sega's not going to let Atlas localize a lot of their niche Japanese games. But we have to remember, Sega is the company that just localized uh, Project Diva F. Remember that? We read the ESRB rating a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's yeah. all about uh, women appa- apparently getting impaled on sewing needles while singing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think we really have anything to worry about, well, especially because Sega is really trying to get back into the hearts and minds of gamers, and being able to put out things like, you know, Atlas games and stuff like that is one way to get generate a ton of brand loyalty. That's that's where I'm at with it, is I think, obviously they bought a company for a reason. Yeah. And now that they have, you know, they have this company that everybody wants all these games, because Atlas is a lot of games that didn't come over here. As, right. As I, you know. Oh, yeah. Why <laughs> the hell wouldn't you just be like, hey, remember those games you really wanted over in the West? You get them now. You're welcome. Yeah, we're awesome. You know. So, do you think this is more about the talent than the than Atlas's properties? A lot of people are just kind of, you know, you have to remember the the fan base that you have when coming into something like Atlas. I mean, I I mean, I've shown Goat the fan base of. Uh, you know, anime-based games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're relentlessly loyal in a in a good and bad way. I mean, they're good. It's a good thing because you know they're they're loyal to the company and they want to support them and stuff like that. But at the same time, anyone speaks badly of any game by any of these companies, and automatically they're like the worst person on earth. Well, actually, actually, they're worse than that from some of the comments I've seen. Yeah, I, I mean, I've reviewed a handful of games. I, I still remember I reviewed Disgaea three on um, on the Vita. Uh, when it came out about two years ago. And I gave it, like, a three and a half out of five, which is not a bad score by any means. I, but I, I, you know, I I came forward and I said, you know, you know, if you're a fan of the series, you'll be a fan of the game. You know, it, it's a little bit rough around the edges. It's hard for new players to get into. It's, you know, it, it's a really niche game, which, you know, most people would admit. But, of course, these people came out of the woodwork and went into the comments and said, well, you just didn't play it long enough. I'm like... 
it's a 200 hour game. I have deadlines. I need to, <laughs> I need to get, I, I tried to get as much as I could. And you know, when you play a game for 30 hours and nothing changes about it, other than maybe a little bit of dialogue here and there, you pretty much know that's pretty much par for the course for the next 170 hours. So I think this is just a case of a lot of the fan base being ridiculously loyal and anything changes whatsoever that might harm their chances of getting new games they go on the defensive, you know. And I, I don't entirely blame them, but I just wish they weren't so extreme. Well, yeah, it's kind of like that hipster thing, too. Like, I've noticed with these niche game communities and stuff like that, they got that hipster idea where it's like, our games are awesome. You probably haven't played them. Yeah. <laughs> um, And that's something I actually kind of want to touch on next week when we talk about JRPGs with our buddy Dan. Um is the how the fan base is kind of split between Japanese games and stuff like that. But oh, that's yeah, something Dan, Dan's horrible at that stuff. He's actually stabbed a man when they said something about Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he and I get along so well. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with Sega and Atlas and stuff like that. I mean, they've worked together before, if I remember correctly. I don't remember what game, but I know I've definitely seen their respective logos on the same box. So I just want Sonic Catherine. Just for I, awkwardness. I don't. I, I really don't. It'd be great. <laughs> no. The, the, the most popular joke was that uh, there's going to be a dating simulator coming out in which Sonic is dating all these 13-year-old girls. Oh, jeez. Well, did you play Sonic uh, 2006? No. Don't, first of all. And <laughs> there, there, was a, uh, there was a scene in it where Sonic's, like, knocked out or unconscious or something like that, and this teenage girl kisses him in order to wake him up, and everyone's just like, ah, that's, ah, that's a thing. That's... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, coming in number one, a uh, bit of sad news, but um, former Nintendo president Hiroshi Yamauchi passed away a couple days ago. Um, Yamauchi was, uh, of course, you know, he was the president before Satoru Iwata right now, um, and he was the man who took Nintendo from being a simple trading card company to being, you know, a powerhouse in the electronics industry with the games and stuff like that. So he was a very influential person to the company. Um, even after he retired in 2002, he was still a very key part of, you know, a consulting team for the company and stuff like that right up until he passed away a few days ago. Um, so a lot of... Uh, um, a lot of Nintendo fans owe him a debt of gratitude, whether they knew who he was or not. Um, and of course, you guys know I'm a Nintendo fanboy, and so you know I, I you know, would say something like that. But it, it's you know when you look at the, when you look at the video game crash of the early '80s and stuff like that, you know it was Nintendo that kind of pulled it out, and so he, he was the man that took that step. It's just like we're not going to make these crappy little trading cards anymore. We're going to make games with video. We'll call it video games. You know, obviously yeah. in Japanese, I assume, but... Maybe not as epic, either. I, I don't know. I mean, he looked like an <laughs> epic person. Um, so, so uh, this man wasn't born to the video game industry, and it's a shame. And I actually... Um, I actually really applaud Nintendo for how they handled it. They've had a lot of people, um, you know, key people in the industry. Like, one of the main Nintendo composers, Hip Tanaka. Um, that's not his real name. I forget what his real name is. Um, it's a shame. Well, he did, he did his name the, isn't actually hip. <laughs> well, he did the music for uh, Super Mario Land and Super Metroid, um, which I pointed to Goat for because, you know, he's kind of the Metroid guy around here. Um, 
he recomposed he remixed some of his own music in tribute to um, Yamauchi and stuff like that and I I was actually really impressed with um, Nintendo on all their social media accounts they said we're not going to be posting anything today in respect of you know the the passing of Mr. Yamauchi I'm like that's really cool you know they they get it you know so well you know Japan gets honor Yeah. yeah yeah well it, it was it was I don't know it, it's 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 been an interesting thing to see um, you know just you know the community kind of yeah you know, I don't know I'm just happy nobody screwed it up like even America's like actually been nice about it. I've been seeing a lot of memes going by and stuff like that with like Mario's cast on the flag half mass and stuff that, like that, that was really clever I actually yeah. I actually really and liked I was that like one. sweet America's not being dicks about it and making a joke about yeah. it. Yeah. That That's was, that my was, biggest worry when that, it happened. That was one of the things I was kind of concerned about, but thankfully I haven't seen anything uh, in poor taste, as it were. Um, except... Oh, jeez. We're um, doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little bone to pick with some of the listeners, um, so that's going to be today's feature. <laughs> Okay, so I was I was sent a uh, I was sent a direct message on Twitter a couple days ago that kind of prompted this whole little rant I'm about to go on. Uh, it's a it's a quote unquote friendly rant, so it's not that bad. Um, so you know, of course, I was playing Grand Theft Auto Five all week, and you know, I was excited about it, and you know, it's a great game, and I put 37 hours into it in four days, and uh, that kind of thing. Um, the whole time I'm posting on Twitter about the game, how much I love it, how much I love aspects of it, and stuff like that, and apparently. Someone who managed to be an even bigger Nintendo fanboy than me um, contacted me on Twitter the day that um, the day that Yamauchi died and said something like, "Show some respect, you know, a hero for video games has died today, and all you're doing is playing violent video games." I'm like, "Calm down, stretch." I'm like, "Calm down." Did you call him Tiger? You should have, you should have called him Tiger. I didn't, and it's funny because I responded. I responded to him. You know, I, I always try to respond to these things diplomatically at first. Um, that never works on Twitter. It usually doesn't. But you know, I just go straight for the screw you. Welcome to Twitter, pal. Yeah. It works out better. Um, I said I said something along the lines of like I don't like to focus on negative news because then it creates a more negative world and stuff like that. And then they started ranting and ranting about it. Um, and then they deleted their account, so I can't find the messages now. What? Did they make the account? They apparently to... made the account just to harass me because I didn't have any followers or anything. So like you don't that. know who it was, even. Like, so I don't was... know. Who, I don't know who it was. The 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 Twitter handle even was like, you know, a random jarbled mess of letters and numbers and stuff like that. So for all I know, it, it it's someone I know. I don't think it was because their grammar was horrible beyond anyone that I know. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, so, and, and I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, I looked back at, you know, all the shows we've done and things like that. And it really, I I really have kind of seen that we really don't cover a lot of negative news, but I think there's a good reason for that. You know, like I mentioned, you know, when you, well, I mean, Fox pretty much covers all the negative news for us. Well, They give it a ne- they give positive news a negative spin. Yeah, you know. But when you look at negative news, I mean, the the we not just with video game news. I mean, we live in a world where 
You know, you, you uh, turn on, you know, you turn on CBS Evening News and you see nothing but war happened here. You know, there were all these murders here. You mm-hmm. were, you know, these people were robbed. These oh, people, yeah. these people were wrong and stuff like that. And, and that's the way American news has become. It, it, you know, focuses on the negative and getting, you know, getting emotional and getting more people to watch and stay gripped and stuff like that. Which is why I get a lot of my news from BBC because BBC is probably one of the most like down the middle news organizations in the world and that's you know I watch Al Jazeera for the same reason yeah um, I don't watch the news I know (laughs) (laughs) but I know what you're saying though because like my Twitter feed and stuff like that I I follow the Tribune on my Twitter feed and literally every day it's like and this many people died today this people were murdered in the city I'm like Really, we need a daily update on that? You That's know, to, one of your stories? To, to, to give a good example, I mean, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five came out this mm-hmm. week, if we haven't mentioned it enough on this show already. What came um, out this week? What was that? Shut it was, up, it was at uh, that Grand Farming... Grand... <laughs> Oh, right, Farming Simulator 2013. Yeah, that's, that's right. right, yeah. That's um, what I've been uh, 37 hours this week. But there was this really cool story that popped up on a number of news sites that these kids were going to buy Grand Theft Auto Five, and they ended up saving a man from a burning building on the way. I, I think you guys oh. might have seen that, and it, it was... Such a unique story. Like, they were walking to, like, a local EB Games or something like that, and suddenly there was a fire, and, like, there was this old man that was, like, trapped underneath something who was yelling and stuff like that, and and they actually ran in and grabbed him and brought him out. And they were, like, 17, eight, 17 and 18 years old. Um, and they were just on their way to buy Grand Theft Auto. And I guarantee you there's not a single news source in the country that's going to cover something like that just because it's taking something negative and giving it a positive spin yeah because that's the way that news has become here we we sensationalize you know violence and stuff like that because it's something that people watch it's something that people you know keep looking at it it kind of fuels the the energy we get from you know the the citizens here and uh, it's something that kind of provokes people and you know causes them to take action and stuff like that meanwhile then there's people like me and you guys where you know we see something happening on the news and it's like well that's unfortunate you know we're all relatively level-headed people yeah should Uh, happen of the uh of the uh the Drunken correction of public property story <laughs> from what? <laughs> so you know you can imagine what you know you hear you probably hear or see stories all the time about drunken destruction of public property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um it was one it's the same kind of thing. It was like it was like some local channel aired it, but this is the kind of thing that to me like should have you know because it's like a feel good story like it should have yeah. gotten wider coverage. A uh, security camera somewhere caught a video of like a group of guys that were out for like guys night and they were all drunk and they all decided to. Um, there was a bike rack, like a, this big steel bike rack that had, uh, apparently had been hit by a car and was all like bent out of shape. And they decided that they were going to fix it. And so like this group of guys like got down, like all wrapped their arms around this thing and like heaved this and re re and reshaped this bike rack back in the place. Wow. And so it's drunken correction of public property, and I think that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> Same kind of thing. It's like, you know, yeah, exactly. News news corporations, they like to talk about the bad stuff. They don't, you know, and I don't get it. You can't help but wonder if this is the kind of thing that, you know, the kind of thing that fuels, you know, further bad things happening. You know, I, I remember when 
Um, the the column that I write for the newspaper, um, the one that I run, won an award for, I accused um, news organizations of kind of fueling people wanting to you know go on massacres and stuff like that. Because for you know for a solid like remember remember when the Boston bombing happened? How long were we talking about that and talking oh, yeah. about the people involved and stuff like that? At least a good month. And, well, and all those tragedies led into one to another. It seemed like that we'll year. See, we'll see. Look at it this way. You know, we heard about those Boston bombings for at least a month. Yeah. You know, that's at least a month that the top story is this guy that did something horrible. So you'll see someone that's not right in the head. Um, they'll see that and think, oh, all I need to do to be famous is kill a bunch of people. Yeah. That's how, that's, I, I don't know if news organizations realize that they're doing this. I mean, yeah. I, I already, my opinions of how we treat mentally unstable people in this country is a long story for another day, probably not on the podcast, <laughs> but... You know, this is something that's, you know, every time there's something horrible that's happened, especially like the war, you know, everything that's happening in Syria now or what was happening in Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff like that. You know, all of it's just sensationalized to the fact where we become immune to this kind of stuff, which is why, you know, which is why Call of Duty sold so much, because it's become such a big part of our culture that it just seems like, you know, the big thing to get into. And I really hate the society has kind of come to that point, but... You know, well, yeah, and I, I've noticed like with the whole like they did the, <clears throat> it's whoever the, the bad guy of the month or the the time is, and everything leads in. They covered like, like um, they covered with the 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 whack job with the Batman shootings, right? Yeah. Until Sandy Hook. Right. And then they covered Sandy Hook until Boston. Right. And then they cover, you know, I'm like, really, guys? Like, do we need to like? But why don't you cover somebody like I don't know helping someone right. in that time period instead of going, oh wait, we have nothing else bad and crazy going on. We have to continue to like milk this story until the next bad thing happens. Right. And on the flip side of that, I mean, I, I almost religiously for the longest time watched uh, CBS Two Chicago locally because it, it was what my parents watched, and I just happened to, it just happened to be on, and I liked their lighting better than everywhere else's lighting. Um, yes, I said lighting. That, that's that's <laughs> like their actual studio lighting. Yes. Okay. It looked the most professional for some reason. I can't so I say much. Like, that's yeah, okay. that factors into me watching WGN. <laughs> um. So for the longest time, I watched CBS Two religiously. This is is like my main local news source and stuff like that, and it was. It was horrendous to a point because a lot of their stories nowadays are fluff. Like, oh, Justin Bieber's in Chicago again. Or, like, you know, it's like, you know, the new iPhone is taking pre-orders right now. And it's like, okay. There, there's got to be a balance between, you know, the really heavy stuff and the fluff. Yeah. You know, there, there's got to be some kind of balance in here. I, I, I don't want some kind of all-or-nothing bullshit, you know, between, you know... By the way, Facebook is changing again. That was a thing a week ago. That Zuckerberg announced new changes or something like that for Facebook, and they're covering it on the goddamn news. It's like, this is a thing? That's a a Twitter feed story. Like, this is a thing? I can't even write a 300-word article about Facebook changing (laughs) something. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe they just look at whatever's trending on Twitter that day to pick their news stories. I wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) I, I would... I... Oh, my God. I would not doubt it. Um... Oddly enough, the thing that got me to stop watching CBS 2, um, the local news at least, their evening news is okay, um, they ran a story about video games that are violent in Chicago. I think I told you guys about this. And they familiar. they pinned a couple games specifically. They pinned Hitman Absolution, which has a level that takes place in Chicago, and they pinned Watch Dogs, which, which... takes place entirely in Chicago. Yeah. Um, 
and the reporter Brad Edwards said something along the lines of like how you know in Hitman you you get a higher score for killing cops and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's not true at all. I took to Twitter and I'm uh, I don't want to say attacking this guy because I was being intelligent about it, but I was attacking this guy. <laughs> and I said, anyone who's played the game knows that if you kill cops in Hitman, you your score actually goes down and you have a you have a much higher chance of getting caught and 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 failing the mission. And then they started talking about watchdogs and at this point the only thing we had to know about watchdogs was that like 10 minute gameplay trailer that they first revealed a like a year or two years ago so it was a guy in chicago it was a guy in chicago that was shooting people and, and stuff like that and i attacked him about that too and it's like we don't know context we don't know you know we don't know who he was shooting we don't know anything about it in fact at one point during the demo he uh attacks an armed robber and saves a woman's life and you want to focus on the violence of it in Chicago? This is a bit of a stretch, buddy. And, yeah. you know, that that was the straw that broke the camel's back, and I, I refuse to watch them anymore. Pretty big straw. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, someone like me, I mean, you know, I've been preaching the fact that, you know, violent video games don't make a huge difference for years now. I mean, I, I've written papers in college about it. I've written about it. I've won an award for it. You know, there's stuff like that. And it, it just, the fact that, a legitimate news organization gets so many things wrong, which is something that you can easily find through a Google search, you know, whether you your score goes up when you kill cops in Hitman or something like that. You know, it, it just it was disgusting to me. And well, they have a department of fact checker checkers. Apparently they don't. Apparently not. You know, this kind of goes back to what I said earlier in the show about how, you know, when I like the fact that at least the sales are, are making like video games more of like a real thing to be taken seriously and not a kid's game. Because I think that's the problem. I think these news, the, these old school, I think news organizations, they still hear the word video games and they think like kids in their parents' basements. Like, yeah. So they don't think they need to take Definitely. it seriously Definitely. and do their proper fact checking and things like that. Definitely. So, I, yeah. I can't wait for the day where we finally... Uh, we finally get over that generation gap and we have an entire society um, that's a majority of people that grew up during like our generation where, you know, we understand that video games can be as mature as they can be childish. Yeah. You know, we, we understand that they could be as deep as they are shallow, well, you know, we and need stuff a like that. Generation in power that actually grew up with video games and understands well, that they're think, just I, games. I, I think we're I think we're on the verge of that gap too because you know a couple years ago we had the we had video games officially protected under free speech, you mm. know, when the ESA went to the Supreme Court. Um, which was a major step for the video game industry. Like I was celebrating that entire day and everyone thought it was insane because they're like <laughs> they're like it's a Supreme Court thing. I'm like you have no idea how big this is for the video game industry. The fact that the fact that, you know, Grand Theft Auto is is now protected under the same laws as the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, that means a lot to every gamer on in in this country. Um, I almost said planet, but that's that's you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have ruling over the entire planet yet. Yet <laughs> they, they um, think they do. They um, that's, that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> But but I really can't wait for this generation gap to be bridged where, you know, we don't have all these old people in Congress that are just like, oh, video games are bad and bloody. Darn yeah. kids. Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Go to you okay over there. I love the fact that you do make it sound like there's 100-year-old people from, like, 1910 in places, and these guys are, like, in their, have like... Have you seen Congress lately? <laughs> yeah, but they're, like, average, like, late 60s, mid 50s, I, I think. we're speaking more to their mentalities and their physical yeah. ages. Well, I know. It's just <laughs> funny, though. And I understand it, though. It's, you know, it's that... 
like we're what we're like Mike said, we're like five years out, I think, from all of those guys finally retiring. I, I would and say more like ten to be safe, but that's yeah. you can keep getting reelected. And there's that. I don't, well, yeah. there, there's not a term but, blank in Congress, right? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, but the you know, I mean, but we're getting to the point now where they're just getting too old to do their jobs and stuff like that. And like you know, as it moves up, I mean, I mean, we'll see what's going our to... generation's parents are fifty, so that's that's about we'll, we'll, Congress. We'll see, stage. We'll, see what's, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen is that you know the American people and Congress are going to grow up together. So we're going to start seeing you know as more people. Are as more people register to vote and things like that, they're going to elect more people that they can uh, relate with into Congress and stuff like that, which means people their age, people that share their ideals, which means, you know, Call of Duty playing Jimmy, who's now 18 years old and still cursing like a Salia. A Salia? <laughs> Is it a tailgate? <laughs> <laughs> like a sailor. Um,. He's now putting people in Congress who understand that video games need to be... He's going to elect his clan leader on Call of Duty to Congress. (laughs) It might happen. (laughs) You know, I I hope it wouldn't be a bad thing, but you never know. I'm waiting for uh, gamer tag for Congress or Senate signs to start popping up. (laughs) What's his real name? Doesn't matter. Just (laughs) Kill more noobs for Senate. Swiggity Swag 420 for yeah. Senate. <laughs> XX. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 1337. So, um, so with all due respect to uh, the listeners' opinions and stuff like that, one of the reasons that we don't cover a lot of negative news is because it's not fun to cover. Well, what's the point? Exactly. I mean, it, it's, you know, uh, this is this has literally always been a podcast about a bunch of friends gathering together and talking about video games for a few hours. And to bring negative stories like that into the mix, not only, you know, depresses all of us in the room, but it's not fun to listen to. It's not fun to talk about. I mean, sure, we it's fair to acknowledge that it happened, but, you know. It, it's it's it, it's not entertaining. It's not something no. that you know belongs on a podcast like this. It's not something that I really think belongs on, you know, any kind of news outlet. You know, I, I admit that it'd be nice to know that it happened, but the fact that um, the fact that negativity has been so much of a focus, not just in video games yeah. but in everything, is something that I like to stay away from as a more quote unquote modern journalist. Well, we also luck out because. In this video game world, I don't see a lot of negative news from our sources because we're all in the same boat. We're all like, "Hey, this is how it works." You know, this is good. This is positive. This is good. You know, we, we don't see a ton, but when we yeah. when we do see it, a ton of people just latch onto it. Like well, yeah. the guy that got stabbed and robbed of his Grand Theft Auto Five copy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which that like, should be left to mainstream news, anyways. Because that, that should be a local story, not a yeah. national story. Yeah, unless uh, unless someone you know. Uh, you know, used a, they built a replica weapon out of a game or something. If they built a replica Lancer from Gears of War and killed an entire shopping mall with it, I think that deserves, you know, all kinds of coverage. But, yeah. Because, A, that's really impressive to make yeah. a replica Lancer. <laughs> B, that's really impressive to kill an entire shopping mall. For those not familiar, that's a gun that's combined with a chainsaw. So, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So, uh, I think my thing is, though, is there's a place, there's a place in time for everything. Yeah. And negative isn't. Isn't in our world. Exactly. exactly. So. So. Well, there. I got that out. I feel better. Yeah. Whoever sent me that tweet, screw you. Viking Jesus rant 2.0. <laughs> it's not, uh... 
It wasn't as ranty as I can normally get. Well, but, yeah, you didn't you set know, the room on fire this time, so that's a positive. Well, we're in a we're in a room that's not owned by you this time. Oh, so. yeah, thanks for that. I, I, I do uh, really want that wait, security deposit. I feel back. like I should be warned. What are we talking about? Nothing. <laughs> don't worry about it. Absolutely nothing. Just uh, don't don't expect your security deposit back if you get angry. Note to self: put fire extinguisher in the studio. <laughs> okay. So anyway, let's uh, let's on a get, positive note. On a, more, on a much more positive note, let's get to this week's mailbag. Okay, so our mailbag question this week, unsurprisingly, uh, Rockstar has made successful games with gangsters, mobsters, detectives, cops, cowboys, table tennis players, and high school kids. What kind of game do you think they should make next? Uh, Brian says, traveling through space. I'm down. Um, <laughs> with what? Does it matter? Not really. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Taylor says dinosaurs. Yes. Grand Theft T Rex. No. <laughs> no, not Grand Theft T Rex. No. No. La La T Rex. Uh, Chuck says car combat like an in Interstate seventy six. Wait, I'm sorry. I need to back up for a second. So Grand Theft Dinosaur. Yes. Okay. Nice. I'd play that. <laughs> it's scientifically inaccurate, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, because driving you... a blimp is scientifically accurate. Ooh, what was that? Sh- what was that cartoon that was on like in the '90s with the dinosaurs that people rode around on? With like they had laser guns on their heads, and there was it was like. It was... Oh man, I know what you're talking about. I want that in Grand Theft Auto style. <laughs> I want that. That's my answer. <laughs> what? Why are you looking at me like that, goat? I just, I don't know. I don't think that would work in Grand Theft Auto. I think that's more of a twisted metal idea. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely play twisted metal dinosaurs. <laughs> Are the dinosaurs themselves made of twisted? Never mind. Um, they have lasers in their head. You're overthinking this. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, uh, Adam says he wants Bully 2, which so, someone actually came up with a good idea on Twitter the other day. Um, I, I, whether you've seen it or not, I'm assuming you guys are familiar with the concept of the movie Mean Girls. What if Bully 2 was Mean Girls? That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. That'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be... It'd bring Lindsay, Lindsay back into the good light. Well, not necessarily her, but, you know. I won't play it unless she does a cameo. <laughs> and she's pretty hard on money these days, so yeah, she'll probably so do anything. Cool. Yeah. Um, we already know Charlie wants dinosaurs with laser beams on their heads. Uh, <laughs> Goat, did you have any? How is that not not the answer to every question? I mean, <laughs> what would you like to order from the menu tonight, sir? Dinosaurs with laser beams on their heads. Would you like to supersize that? No, no, no. <laughs> Watching um, my hips. I don't know. Like. They've done a lot of stuff, but I think I think I, I don't know. I kind of like where they were going with the L.A. Noir stuff, and like I, I kind of want more history out of them. Like yeah, but like more period pieces. Yeah, like, like more period pieces. Like that'd be kind of cool to do. Like um, ooh, medieval. Yeah, that'd like, be interesting. Uh, I, that, I, I, like maybe like a, like almost like a Starsky and Hutch seventies thing. I was actually about oh, I was nice. actually about to say I really want a game that takes place in like the sixties or seventies. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like a you know. The soundtrack would be amazing. Oh yeah, it would be all. But I, mean, like, I, I like I, I like what they did with L.A. Noir, and I like what they've done with like the Grand Theft Auto, which is like the '80s, the '90s, today. Yeah. But like, but there's like a couple decades in there, like like a like a '50s would be fun. Like if they did like like even like an old like greaser rat rod kind of feel thing to oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think they they need to more they need to go back and like pick up the '50s, '60s, and '70s. Yeah. 
Yeah. That could be interesting. Well, who knows? We don't know what they're working on next, yeah. aside from, assumably, Grand Theft Auto V expansion. So. I just want with more. laser dinosaurs. Hopefully. I just want them to do more with the face capture tech from L.A. Noir. That's all I know. That was really cool. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but I don't understand why we haven't seen that again. I think it might... I have a feeling it might be too expensive at this point. You really? Know? I, thought, I thought that the whole revolutionary part of it was that it was so easy to do like he's pointing be. the cameras I, I mean, at the actors and then that was it I, I, well, I, I don't know I'm it not, might be I, a time thing too I mean you gotta get the actors in there's a lot there's a lot of prep work for that because they do the sensors and all that stuff and then you gotta program it no, that was the I, whole point of it. It's really? all camera-based. There's think, no dots on the faces or anything like that. Oh, it was I think, all, I think yeah. a lot of it might also be that think. Um, in the video game world, you don't often find voice actors that are capable of also being real actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, having the facial recognition and stuff like that, you may not necessarily... Um, well, yeah, that would bump your budget up because then you're going to have to pay a real actor to come in to be digitally put in your game. Right. So I, I have a feeling that might yeah. have something to do with it. I can't confirm it because I don't know how it works. I don't know. I, I, well, all I know is I think you're onto something there because that would make sense because you got to pay him or her, and they have a name because you want the name to sell your game. But yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily need like A or B list actors. I mean, like mo- a lot of the people Tell that, that to were the Hideo in... Kojima with yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the people that were in LA Noir, I mean, they weren't like A, a or B list no, right. actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think the most famous person in that game was the guy that played Walter from Fringe. Um, and I don't even know who that is. <laughs> but that's, that's still a name. Yeah. You got to have a name, you know, like oh, hey, blah 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 is in this game. Can you spot him? That's, that's seriously what they did with LA Noir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I, yeah. I would love it if, you know, as technology goes on, we start to see it more and more in games, but, you know... I'd love to see that, that technology in, like, a Heavy Rain-style game. I think they might be doing that with Beyond Two Souls. Oh, my goodness. Don't quote me on that, but I... Well, I'm buying it regardless. I don't care. Right. right. I don't think it's... I, from what I've seen, it doesn't look like the same tech, but mm-hmm. it looks impressive nonetheless. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. 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 They could, that, that's a company could put out anything, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I bought it. What is it? No clue. So, so really, to bring my answer full circle, I need them to um, do the whole mosquito DNA thing and genetically re-engineer dinosaurs so that they can do the face capture on the dinosaurs to put laser beams on their heads to put them in the video game. I think you'll be more of a genius, aside from putting dinosaurs, motion-captured dinosaurs in video games, if you manage to extract DNA from mosquitoes and stuff. Can I remind you how much money Grand Theft Auto V just made? <laughs> how much money would that make? <laughs> Several more. Yeah, but then, but then you all gotta, of the money. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it, just just give them all of it. Just fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Your overhead on that because then you got to keep the dinosaurs, and then you they gotta, probably eat like an entire herd yeah. of cattle a day, you know, or and a forest if they're an herbivore. <laughs> we broke even. We've there are made, solutions to every problem. <laughs> we've covered the dinosaur farm. We can make profit now. Anyway. Uh, getting to the actual mailbag, um, the, the, the emails, not the question. Um, we, we have a, uh, we have an email from Dan who is guest hosting next week, uh, cause goats going off on his, uh, sabbatical life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I like sabbatical. <laughs> um, midlife crisis. All right. Dan emails in and says, VJ, when will you create a game based on your beard? Like Snake, yes, you can include Solid Snake as the sprite, where you eat something and the beard gets longer, and the end boss is you fighting your beard. Is it still attached? That's where I'm going. What? I'm, I'm, what? So basically, you're just your beard. My beard. Because I was talking to Dan about this. This is, this is a Denny's conversation that had to go on the, on the podcast. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so we came up with this idea that you're playing as your beard. You're just your beard hopping along. No face, no nothing. Just, no just a beard. As you eat just things. A, just a yeah. brown blob. <laughs> sure. If it's 8-bit. <laughs> and as you eat things... What is that? That's an ice cream cone? Yeah. I don't understand yeah. what I'm looking at. As you, eat, as, you eat, as you eat things, it becomes bigger. And there's a plot twist at the end where your beard turns against you, the person, and you have to fight and avenge it to like get it back on your face. So you're saying that the entire game, I'm playing as the eventual final boss, and then out of nowhere, I come out and... I, there's a plot twist where you show up and you're like, hey, um, that's my beard, I like it back. And it's like, never! And then I punch it into submission. Yeah, and then you, know, you grab your guitar or whatever you do. And <laughs> See, I'm thinking more of a battle. Bayonetta kind of thing, where, you know, where my beard your beard my is alive. <laughs> and, yes, and then it, it... Like that Skittles commercial? <laughs> exactly! <laughs> where it's feeding him Skittles, and it's like, well, I don't think you have the proper... Shh! <laughs> have some beard Skittles. <laughs> He doesn't say that, but he should have. Um, Dan also says, What song from any video game would be your theme song just walking around? Um, clearly, the, uh, the um, uh, from Wind Waker, when you're on the boat. I would never hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you hated Wind Waker, didn't you? No, I hated that song because I had to hear it forever. <laughs> rides and tours shorter than that stupid song that I had to listen to. <laughs> Remember when Flute Link was uh, moving across the country the first time and I, I told her, I'm like, if you haven't played this song at least once while you're driving from New York to Los Angeles, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, that that's a needed point. Just once, though. Not the 6,000 times you hear no, the you game. No, you loop it. You loop no, it no, for the no, entire 20-some-odd no, no, hour no, drive. I'm not listening to Wind Waker. <laughs> the game. <laughs> That would be a car into a telephone pole. Is how that would happen. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? Any uh, video game song that you'd like as your walk-in theme? Any of the elevator hold music from the first Mass Effect? There was elevator hold music in the Wasn't first there Mass Effect? Wasn't between like, the new segments? There might have been. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. I, I tried to put Mass Effect 1 out of my memory. Or just in general, elevator hold music. Oh, okay. I can see Charlie walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Smooth jazz is playing. Do, do, do. <laughs> Goat. <laughs> How does one follow that? <laughs> um, I don't know. Metal elevator music? No. <laughs> they don't make rocket elevators yet. <laughs> um, I probably, probably a song that I could hear a lot that wouldn't drive me up the damn wall would probably be um, probably the underground music from Mario 1. Da -na 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 -na. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. That'd get repetitive after the first loop for all, me. All, all songs get repetitive at the first loop. It's called repeating. <laughs> but that song has like a particular like sneaking like exactly. It's it's pretty versatile. Have you met our friend Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call him stealthy. That's the best part. Everybody's like, "You have stealth music," and I'm like running through like, "I'm not stealth." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about your house on fire. I'm not stealth. <laughs> <laughs> it's got more of that doom thing when I'm like, oh, I broke that. You're bigger in jazz hands while you were doing that was excellent, by the way. Thank you. It's just versatile for my lifestyle. Um, what sound from any game would play when you enter a room? Well, that's easy. 
Go on. The victory, uh, or the item collect from um, Zelda. Zelda. Da, 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 da. Exactly, because you can do the Kramer as you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't think many people would be able to pull that off very well. I've been working you on could. it. You could. With that sound clip, more than you would think. <laughs> But but see then but I would see, want to I would want to do the Kramer with like the Metal Gear Solid bring you know sound in front of it. No, that wouldn't work as well. Yeah, I guess you're right. You'd have to like pop out of somewhere and just be like you know like that'd be a great one for you to pop out of a ball pit and just be like ta da. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I popping out of it? Don't answer that, <laughs> Charlie. Um, I was actually going to go with the the Zelda chess opening music too. So to not be a copycat, I'm going to say the um, Metal the Metal Gear Solid detect noise. Cool. And I was going to say that, so I don't have an in <laughs> Wow. Sorry about that. So apparently this podcast plays Zelda and Metal Gear. <laughs> That's For it. the sound. I, well, just, I can't think of anything else really memorable. I can't think of anything that I wouldn't get sick of after opening two doors. Yeah. You know? Unless it was like the Achievement Unlocked sound. That's small enough to yeah. where it won't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but, but then I would just get disappointed because I'd be opening doors all along and hearing that noise and I'd keep checking my gamer score and it wouldn't be going up. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Mike doesn't have that as a text message ringtone. Yeah, I used, to have, I used to have the Achievement Unlock sound as my text message tone and then I'd be like at work or something and I'd hear it and I'm like, I got an achievement. Wait. <laughs> That's impossible I'm not playing here. Xbox. I want real life achievements. There's an app where, you can, where it has real life achievements like successfully complete a job interview or something. Oh, nice. I don't remember what it's called, but it was horrible. I tried it. Yeah, okay. Um, Thanks for warning me. (laughs) But is there fun ones on there, like, successfully flatulate a bus out? (laughs) Because that's an achievement. That, yeah. Especially if you're on a CTA bus, you've got to get over that funk before you can even get your smell to even register. That's a very high (laughs) difficulty level, yeah. Um, and of course, Songbird writes in this week, uh, Viking Jesus Goat and Technotronicorn. Thanks for the pronunciation guide on that, by the way. Yeah, that was incredibly helpful. <laughs> I like it. We gotta, we gotta get that, uh, get that down in, like, some kind of, like, auto-tune. <laughs> um, uh, her mailbag answer, I'm not sure if this is Rockstar material, but perhaps an RPG with robots? I'd love to see Rockstar do an RPG. I'd like to see them do something with robots. I don't know if they could pull off an RPG. Why not? Because it seems like it would take too much to develop for them. They have $800 million in one day. I think they could throw a little bit away on some test projects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. What, yeah, what if Rockstar turns into, like, the Google of the video game industry, where they just start experimenting with stuff just to see what <laughs> sticks? Check out the new Rockstar app. Yeah. It's you in real life. We follow your ingress or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, buy, I'd buy that. Um... And uh, Songbird, the rest of your uh, the rest of your email is the email that you sent last week for the the question we had last week, and this is actually the perfect time for me to uh, to address this. Um, so last week we had a mailbag question about JRPGs, which we obviously didn't cover since a I wasn't here, and b well I don't have a b. Um, <laughs> but we were sa- we were going to have um, yeah you ruined it. There's no b. I, I ruin everything. <laughs> you should know this by now. Um, we were going to have our friend Dan guest host last week, and then uh, I couldn't be on the show, and so um, we didn't want to do the JRPG feature and mailbag with uh, with only one of us because it'd be kind of weird. Two of us? 
Huh? Two of us. There's, well, th- there's two of us that we did the show last week? No, 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 no. I, me- I meant the JRPG <laughs> nerds between me and Dan. Oh, yeah. We didn't want to do it with only one oh, of yeah, the JRPG yeah, yeah. You had nerds. to be here because, yeah. You're right. The- so that's, that's uh, so to everyone, not just Songbird, that's why we didn't address the uh, JRPG answers. That's why we did, uh, haven't used them. Um, but um, They are stored. <laughs> they are stored. I have them right here on my on my com- on, on the Facebooks and the Googles. Um, and the rock stars. Oh. So we... <laughs> So we will get to them next week, um, because next week we're going to have Dan on as a guest host, um, and we're going to talk about JRPGs, because Goat is going on tour for a month. Uh, Goat, do you want to go through whatever it is you're doing? No, I just, uh, I threw it up on the Facebook page, everybody's seen it. Uh, I'm taking a uh, extended leave for career opportunity to do tech work and drive the National Life Dope around for a month. So... Possibly more. Yeah. Um, I will be doing uh, a bit where I'll, I'll be calling in on the road. We, we what, what do we call it? Remote uh, goat? Uh, goat remote. Goat remote. Well, there will be that feature every week where I'll call in on, on uh, Sunday when we record. And uh, from wherever I will be. I think the first show I will be in uh, Massachusetts. So that should be fun. <laughs> so. You've already said you're... you're yeah. Not, well, I won't spoil anything. So we're, we're working on, working on the, uh, the details on that. So you guys get... Uh, Four, four guest hosts in a row at least. We might have, we might have two guest hosts on one or two of the episodes, depending on how the schedule works out. So I, I'll uh, I'll kindly um, put my hat down for a month, go out and have some uh, some fun, and uh, let you guys yeah. do your uh, your thing. <laughs> so uh, so that's where that's where Goat is going. Um, like I said, next week we're going to have our buddy Dan. Um, uh, if you want to call him by a nickname, he's also known as Skunk. The JP, uh, JRPG, like, guru. He's the only man I know personally that doesn't also hate uh, Final Fantasy XIII. Um, in fact, he got a tattooed on him. So, True not, story. Not, I don't hate Final Fantasy XIII. He got a thing from yeah, XIII. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just realized something. So, for, for the first week, we're... Not to say replacing, but just you know, we're we're replacing a goat with a skunk. <laughs> uh, we need to make sure that we have an animal replacement every week. So, if, do if, skunks if, make noises? They make smells. Well, what noise does the fox make? Is the question. <laughs> I haven't heard that song yet, and I don't want to. We're, no, we're fixing that after this episode is <laughs> no, over. No, we're not. Yes, we are. God well, see, yes. where I was with this is that we're taking one animal off, and that would leave all the animal duties to the unicorn. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm just saying we need to if 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 our if our subsequent guest hosts don't have animal nicknames, we need to make sure we come up with animal nicknames for them. That, that, could, be, that could be interesting yeah. for other ones. That, that makes sense for other ones. Yeah, it makes sense. We we have a paradigm here that we have to have a Viking and two animals. This is the gnarliest farm I've ever been on. <laughs> yeah, I know the help doesn't clean up very much. <laughs> um. So yeah, that, so that's where Goat's going to be. So if you uh, uh, you know if you miss his voice, you'll have to listen to old episodes. <laughs> or you can just come out to the East Coast, where I'll be. Yeah, and, and all the tour dates are up on the Facebook page. Yeah, so feel free to feel free to let us know yeah. if you'll be at any of those shows. He'll be happy to um, wave at you. If you're not in the Chicagoland area, you have a chance to meet one of your uh, one of one of your hosts here. So yeah, cool. And uh, we absolutely wish you the best. We wish you uh, safe travels absolutely. and everything. And so, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, it should be a blast. Don't get pissed off at anyone. That's okay. <laughs> Trying to right. Come back in one piece and without a warrant. That's all I'm saying. Right, okay. Yeah. I, can do the, I think we're going for the no police involvement tour this time. So. Okay. 
Good to know. Um, aside from that, do you have any other plugs? Um, no, not really. I mean, Needles, we're kind of we're working on the EP, uh, which should be out. Don't quote me, people, but hey, we have the tentative date of Halloween for uh-huh. the three-song EP. Really? That's earlier than I thought. Yeah. Um, which is why it's a tentative date. Yeah. <laughs> So that should be coming out. It's three songs, uh, three brand new songs um, for the uh, upcoming album we're going to finish over the winter. So not much going on in that camp. Publicly, a shit ton going on behind the scenes. So uh, you can look forward to all of Goat's things being put on display in the uh, probably sometime after he gets back. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, do you have anything? Uh, nothing outside of the ordinary. Um, just the normal, uh, normal, uh, normal show plugs. Um, Players Club on Facebook is sort of the uh, unofficial Gamerhead Radio group. I guess you could almost say Gamerhead Radio is the official podcast of the group. So you know, yes. I suppose it works the other way around. Yes. Um, I don't know well, how we managed to pull that off. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're always recruiting members too. Could be, could be that the, the could be that the admin is you know. Oh yeah, yeah, me. Also, <laughs> also our techno unicorn. <laughs> Um, you know, all our Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus links are all on uh, GamerHeadRadio.com. Um, no voicemails this week, but uh, I'm still going to keep uh, driving that bus off the cliff. Um, so, <laughs> you can um, drive it off the cliff more than once? That's an awesome bus. You know, I'm very talented. Um, so please, somebody, call 949-264-2637, 949-26-GAMER, and uh, leave us a message because I... Uh, I would really like it if you would do that. I think we're still in legal uh, negotiations with matches people. Yeah. For that. Oh, yeah. Where is his voicemail this week? Uh, he runs a I don't know. He said he, he said he was going to leave a voicemail like belittling Goat for not knowing too much about yeah. Madden oh, yeah, last yeah. week. And that apparently I guess I think there's legal. I've seen some email fly by or something like matches.com or LLC and something. I don't know. I, I half read it and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're dropping the ball, matches. <laughs> You're dropping the ball. I, I think his, his, his lawyer probably thinks it's not a good public image for him. Did you see that new blog he started, by the way? Yeah, the log blog? The, the, the log blog. Yes. The web blog about yes. blogs. Yes, I follow about it. Logs. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to add to it um, on the road. It's ridiculous. Be like, yeah, that's right. That's no, a Georgia no, log. No one else could pull that off but matches. Um, it's a good, informative blog. Sure. And there's different types of logs that you need. You know, if you're in a different log mood, he's got three or four different uh, categories. I had no idea you felt so passionately about Mm -hmm. logs. Hot logs. That's where it's at. (laughs) Most of them are on fire, but, you know. Anyway... If you like what you hear, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash GamerHeadRadio. Follow us on Twitter, at GamerHeadRadio, but we barely use it. So follow us personally. I'm at Viking Games Live. He's at Sir Goatsworth. He's at T-E-K Charlie. That is so much better. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it justice last uh, we're on Google Plus. We're on Stitcher Radio. Uh, our website is GamerHeadRadio.com. If you have any sort of email things to send us whatsoever, it's editors at GamerHeadRadio.com. Uh, as Charlie mentioned, the phone number is nine four nine two six Gamer. Please do us a favor and leave us positive reviews on Stitcher and iTunes, if at all possible. It helps us uh, become more visible to people trying to find gaming podcasts. So yeah, and we'll love you for it. Yes, maybe, maybe. Other than that, this episode of Gamerhead Radio is brought to you by Trevor Phillips Industries. You're a fucking asshole! This has been Gamerhead Radio.
Welcome and late it. That's a new record. <laughs> 11 seconds. <laughs> it's what happens when I'm away for a week. <laughs>